It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. It was wonderful to catch up with Tangela Irby and hear how she decided to write her books about the G's Band quilts. I thought this would be a good time to share this episode with you just in case you're looking for a wonderful Christmas gift to give this year. Tangela, I'm so glad you came back to talk about your new book. Thank you for having me. It's always a great time to have an opportunity to chat with you about all things quilting. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to look back on your writing, not necessarily these books, but when did you first start writing? Well, you know, uh, growing up, I always enjoyed writing. I remember, you know, just in grade school, enjoying when the teacher would give you a prompt and you had to write a story and trying to come up with a engaging twist or something that, you know, the reader wouldn't expect or, you know, taking a spin off of a familiar book and then adding my flair to it, you know, even at a young age. And so writing was never something that I shied away from. You would hear people say, oh, I don't like to write. Oh, you know, but that was never that was never my story. I always liked taking it, you know, putting pencil back then to paper and getting my ideas down. Mm-hmm. Often you can express in writing what you have a hard time saying verbally. And so I learned that early on as a child, you know, always leaving notes or messages, you know, for my mom or what have you. So it's something that just stayed with me. Interesting. Was Pearl and Her G's Bang Quilt the first book that you had published? Yes. Ironically enough, though, it wasn't the first story that I wanted to publish. Actually, I shared this with you before, but as a second grade teacher, I always was drawn to books. You know, there's something about the power of reading a good book to children. I think as teachers, we know the magic of a good book. Right. And so in life, you go through different things and different things happen. And, you know, as we start getting older, we start losing people that are really, really near and dear to us. And my mom went through an illness before she passed away. And there were just so many little things that, you know, I wanted to remember and I wanted my nieces to remember or to know about my mom that my thought really was to write a story about about the journey. You know, my mom was a very, very private person. My thought was not to go into a lot of detail about her situation because her story isn't my story to tell. It would be her story. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to find a way to honor her in writing. And so, to be honest with you, I have that story. (laughs) I have that story. It's all written now. And so that was really the first story that I wanted to publish. And so in talking about my mom, which we did a lot, and I did a lot with my aunt, Mary, that I'm really, really close to. And, you know, and just starting to talk about her days and what she was doing and thinking about our family history in terms of quilting, I was drawn to this story needs to be told too. And so that was when, after talking to her and thinking about all the different life lessons that I had learned from her and from my mom, I decided, you know what, I think this story needs to be told first. 
Mm. And so that was why Pearl was released. Another piece when it comes to writing is you think about, here I have the story that I want to get out there. You know, do I do it? And, you know, we always have that self-doubt. You know what? Maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. And what I came to with Pearl was, I need to take this opportunity. I need to do this. Whether I'm successful or not, there's so many people who have stories. You start talking to people and you say, you know, I think I want to write a book. So many people say, I want to write a book. And so many people never actually do it. And so it was at that point that I decided, okay, I am going to go ahead and do this. I'm going to publish this book. And so what I don't want to have happen for me now is for me to sit on the other books that I have and not get those stories out there. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a challenge to me and something that I, I know that I need to do when I will do. It just so happened that Pearl's story was supposed to be told first. Yeah. When did you come up with the idea of writing about the G's Bang quilts? It was fairly recent. Again, COVID is and was, it's horrible. And it has caused a lot of loss, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. But it's also caused a lot of people to reflect and to think about things that they may have always wanted to do, but never had the time. And so when the world slowed down and you were forced to sit down and have a minute to just <sighs> breathe, <laughs> what it did for me is it gave me the opportunity to, for all of those thoughts to kind of crystallize. I'm like, hey, I could do this. I could put this story down on paper. If we were not in the situation in terms of COVID and its devastation, this book would not have been born. It would not have because it was only because of you know, the fact that, you know, everyone couldn't hop online the next day. We weren't all in Zoom the next day. It took some time for us all to figure that out. And so while the world was figuring that out, I think a lot of people really took time to think about, you know, what is it that I really want to do in life? Why am I here? What is my purpose? What am I going to leave behind when I leave this world? And so, you know, that was just another piece of how I got to where I am with this story. It was really born from loss. You think about, you know, all the contributions and the things that your family may have given to you and how if you don't pass that down, it, it won't be passed down. There may be no one else to share that story. We leave this earth. All we have left is our legacy. Yeah. And so whose responsibility is it to make sure that that legacy is there and that rests within us all? And it's really, really important that you tell your own story. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's very interesting. What I also say is that, you know, there are a lot of people in the world who don't know the backstory. They may not know where they are from originally, or they may not know anything about their family history. And what I always say is that your history starts with you. If you don't have that background, then what are the things that are important to you? What are the things that you want to pass down to the next generation? So be intentional about making sure that you share them. So if you have children, obviously you can share that with your children. But if you don't, you know, maybe you have access to other children in the family that you can start making those memories and building that legacy. Mm -hmm. So we all have something that's important to us. And it only gets better throughout time if we continue to do it. It's just like if you have that favorite recipe and you bake those cookies and you make those cookies once, 
or twice a month, the more you make them, the better they become. Mm-hmm. And so the next person who picks up that recipe, if they just start from the recipe that you had, they don't benefit from all of your knowledge, from the fact that you know that maybe I need to take this butter and leave it out and let it get soft before I start dealing with it. You know, typically, sometimes that's not in the recipe, but you learn that through trial and error and doing it over and over again. So how do you help the next generation benefit from all of the knowledge? And you may not think that it means a lot, but it does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Using the recipe analogy, I'm picturing my husband's grandmother loved to cook and left recipes. Just having her handwriting on the side of the recipe with the extra little information, that's what you're talking about. It's so funny that you say that because I... Just recently, we sold the family house and going through the cabinets and things. And my mom had a plastic container with all of her recipes in them. And so I spent some time. That's what took me so long trying to pack because you find something, you know, you find a treasure, you want to go through it. And so I'm going through the recipes and I'm looking at things. And of course, you know, quite a few things are written in her handwriting. And then there's some things I remember when I was younger that she had me write down for her. So there's some things in there in my handwriting and how for me, the immediate thing that I wanted to do was I closed it up and said, I'm going to put it away. And so that my nieces are older, they'll have access to it. Mm -hmm. Again, another opportunity to share a little piece of what used to be with what's going to be bridging the past with the future. And so we have to start taking things like that seriously. So many people, you know, I don't want a lot of stuff in my house. I don't want this. I don't want that. And then if we're not careful, we end up throwing away something that was really, really valuable to someone, but we just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. You know, the person didn't tell us that. And so it's important. And it's not always about, you know, the diamonds and the rubies and the gold. It's not always about those things. You know, most people know that that's probably something that was expensive. So it's a difference between something being expensive and something being a value. Yeah. So we need to add value to the things that we want our children or our nieces and our nephews to pass down to the next generation. Mm -hmm. Now, writing a book is not just sitting down and writing it one day and it's out there the next. Can you share with me the process you had to go through to get your book written and published? It really is, just as you said, it's a process. You know, I started off writing down quotes that I remember and the quotes that I heard my aunt say. I started writing down things about the process of making a quilt that I remembered. You know, my mom is quoted in one of the quilt books. My grandmother, Pearlie Kennedy Petway, she's in a quilt book, and my mom was quoted saying that they use 25-pound flour sacks for the backing of the quilts. So that's in my books. It was a combination of a lot of little pieces that really, really just came together. And so... Ironically enough, there were a couple of other things that just happened. And again, I think timing is everything. Again, it was during COVID. And there was a period, and actually we still see it a lot now, that on Facebook, for example, anything that you wanted to do, there was someone who was willing to show you how to do it. And a lot of times they were offering this knowledge for free to a point, right? And so there was a woman, Crystal Swain Bates, who has a group on Facebook and I happen, you know, Facebook, if you start searching or looking for things on the internet, 
and somehow or another Facebook figures it out and they start sending you things, right, that are related to what you were just looking at. And so she popped up on my feed and she was offering a course to show people how to publish a children's book. And so that was how I got involved with her group. And when I went to her page on Facebook, there were so many resources that she had that literally it was hours worth of content that could help me get started. And so that was step one on how I got started with her. And that was really if you wanted to publish your own book. So so if you wanted to self-publish. So then another friend of mine, Kelly Charles Collins, also had a group. And she would refer you to people who she felt that could help you. She believes in women empowerment and women supporting each other. That is really her thing. And so she linked me with another woman who has what they call an indie publishing company. And so it was a three-day introduction that she did to explain the whole publishing process. And a lot of that I had also learned through working my work with Crystal Swain Bates. But anyway, long story short, I ended up hiring Penn Legacy. And they're an indie publishing company. She took the manuscript and she has an editor. I was able to meet my illustrator through her, India, who did an amazing job. And she really helped in terms of pointing me in the right direction. And so the little things that I may not have known, you know, the industry standards, what size the book should be, what font we should use, all of those things that I really did not know, she was able to help me finish the rest of it. And so that was how the book was actually published. What I say to anyone who wants to do a children's book is that what you need to keep in mind is, as a writer, yes, that is a lengthy process. But the process of illustrating a book is much longer than that. And so I always would say, you know, God, give me patience. You know, teach me patience. And someone said to me, you should not ask for that because you do realize when you ask for patience, you're going to have to wait. (laughs) That's how you gain patience, (laughs) by having experiences where you have to wait. Mm -hmm. And this really was a lesson in having patience and being able to wait for things. And it was interesting because I submitted the book and then I'd get a couple pages back from the illustrator. And I'm like, what is taking so long? I want to see that. I want to see. I want to see. So then the pages will come back and I'd be like, It's exactly what I wanted. And so I learned to get what you want, you have to wait. Mm -hmm. And she really did an amazing job with the illustrations in the book. They were beyond my expectations. You know, when you give someone pictures of old quilts and say, here, I want these quilts illustrated in the book. (laughs) And she nailed it. They are absolutely beautiful. The quilt on the cover of my book is actually a quilt that my grandmother made probably 60 years ago if not longer than that, um, again, Pearlie Kennedy Petway, to see her quote on, we had a billboard in Times Square in New York. Yeah. When it flashed on the screen and we're all looking at it, and yes, I was amazed that, you know, a book that I had created had a billboard. When I thought about my grandmother's quote, a representation of her quote is on this billboard. I have to say it really, it touched me. It was an amazing experience. And so going back to the entire process, you just really have to work with people that you trust. Sharon Monet, she's the owner of Penn Legacy. She is really, really dedicated to the work that she does. She's working with some amazing people even now. She has a cookbook that's coming out. 
So she's doing some amazing things. And to know that, you know, just by quote unquote chance that she came into my pathway. Same thing with India. You know, she was the perfect person for this project. Yeah. And then too, you know, you have to trust your own gut. So I think about how when India illustrated the cover of the book, and again, I was blown away. The only thing is when I looked at the cover, I'm like, oh, you know what? I want Pearl to have pigtails. So I asked her to give her a little bit more hair. Fast forward three months after the book was released, I'm reading the book to a school here in Connecticut. And after I read the book, I allow students to ask questions. The student who doesn't look like me, I'm an African-American woman, he doesn't look like me. His question was, why does Pearl have hair like mine? And, you know, it was such a sweet, innocent, and thought-provoking for me question because it said so many different things. One, when I asked for her to have hair, I wasn't thinking that her hair was like mine. It wasn't my thought. But I do know that one of the motivating factors behind the book is there aren't a lot of books with African-American characters in them. And so it was really, really important for me that the characters in the book looked like people in my family, people that I know. And so for him to, number one, feel comfortable enough to ask that question, you know, there's something about children that their questions, they're innocent. And someone else might have said, mm, I don't, uh, I don't, I, I wonder, but I don't, I don't want to ask that question. I was grateful that he asked me that question because it made me think in retrospect that I was really, really happy that I had made that suggestion. Because now when he sees books with different characters in them, he might remember something that I said. Yeah. Or he might remember Pearl. And the fact that there aren't a lot of books with a variety of characters from different backgrounds. And that's something that we need to change. Yeah. You know, some people will say, why does that matter? But, you know, representation, it does matter. I found out probably maybe a week or two ago that one of my favorite teachers, and I have many, but one of my favorite teachers passed away back in May. And one of the reasons that she always stands out in my mind is she was the very first African-American teacher that I ever had. And so I can't help but think the fact that Mrs. Coates looked like me or looked like my mother influenced me to want to go into education. So you just never know where people are going to make connections or where things are going to happen that are going to touch your life. So in this book journey, that was part of what I wanted to have happen. I want people to look at Pearl and make a connection to something in their life. Honestly, when it comes to quilting, it crosses so many different lines. I've had people who look like me, people who don't look like me, people who live in the U.S., people who don't live in the U.S. There are so many quilt stories out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an opportunity to pull us all together in terms of seeing what about us happens to be the same. And then, yeah, let's talk about the differences as well, because that's what makes us special. Yeah. So I know this, this whole segment started about talking about the publishing process, coming up with your book and how do you go to the next step. But in terms of a publisher, you know, you really have to think about what your goals are. There's some people who want to go out and actually get a publisher. There are some people who say, you know, it's all about your goals. So do you want to work with someone, for example, where you work with a publisher and they may give you an advance on your book? And for me, being a first time author, that wasn't the direction that I wanted to go in. I wanted to self-publish the book myself. 
and just see what happens. It was a personal thing that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what led me to, again to work with India at Penn Legacy. And so the other piece is the coloring book. You know, people often ask, how do you do a coloring book? And again, that was working with my illustrator, India Shiana. She did a lot of that work. I mean, we went back and forth and I gave her ideas of what I wanted. And then same process as it was with the book, basically. She would do a couple of pages and then send it back to me. And then, you know, if I wanted some changes or not, and then we just continued to move forward. But she's been amazing. She was, again, amazing with the coloring book as well. You don't think about as much going into the coloring book, but obviously there was. There is, because you want some connection to be, you know, in terms of a connection with the storybook, number one. And number two, because I'm an educator, I wanted there to be opportunities for students or children to write about their family. One of the things as a teacher, when it comes time to write, the first thing you hear is, I don't have anything to write about. I don't know what to write. And so with the coloring book, I wanted them to use the book as a springboard so that they would have something to write. You know, so there are even prompts that talk about, tell me about a play date that you had. Tell me about a family dinner that you had. There are just so many different things that children can write about, but often they get that block and they just can't think about, what should I write about? Mm-hmm. Again, as teachers, we use storybooks to help get them started. So with self-publishing, did you order and they came to you? Did you see the book? at your house before anybody else saw it or how did that work? Yes. And so I worked through Ingram Spark. And so I was able to order proof copies so that I could see copies of the book before they actually went out to the world to be able to purchase them. And so luckily I got the books back and everything was fine. Nothing needed to be changed. If I could give anyone any advice, I released my book on Christmas Day, which was fine. But the only thing was, is when you order copies of books in December, there's just so many moving parts around the holidays. And so I didn't get my books back until fairly late. I wanted them back earlier in December. I had quite a few books that went out with my holiday book release that I did. And so a lot of them went out the week of Christmas as opposed to a couple of weeks before Christmas. Yeah. So if we're ever going to release the book in December, I would get my copies probably in November. Mm-hmm. You know, the very beginning of November so that I could fill my orders early enough. But, you know, you live and you learn. And so that's why I'm sharing that. But that was a huge piece. And then people said, you know, why are you releasing a book on Christmas Day? I would do that again. I didn't have an issue with the date of the release. It was just in terms of me filling my own orders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how exciting was it when you opened the box? Funny you say that. If you go to either my Facebook page or if you go to my Instagram, which is G's Been Made, there's actually a video of me opening the box. Oh, how fun. Yes, yeah, I wanted to share that. I mean, you're just floored. Even now, when I order, I just ordered some recently. And you open the box and you look and it's like all over again, brand new. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, this is really my book. So it's definitely an an experience. Anyone who is an author who says that they're not touched by that, personally, I can't understand it. Yeah. 
it's a really good feeling. And even now, you know, people will, someone will post something or show me the book. I got your book. You know, you just smile. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I really wanted to share this story. Throughout generations, we all have nuggets and things that we want to pass on to the next generation. So to actually see it written and to know that a piece of our family story is being shared. That is so neat. As a member of the family, as a legacy of G's Ben, to know that what my grandmother started, what they did is being honored. Yeah. Now, Pearl and her G's Ben quilt has been out for about a year. It'll be a year on December 25th. Okay. And Charles and his G's Ben quilt just came out? It actually was released on my mother's birthday on August 31st. So one of the things I learned from Crystal Swain Bates is that if you have a book, you could take that same book, depending on who the character is, and then change the character. And so Pearl is a little girl. And so Charles is a little boy. And it's the same exact story. But for me, it's the point that boys, men quilt as well. And you may not hear as much about it, but there's quite a following on Instagram for men who quilt. Mm-hmm. This project was confirmed. I was talking with my uncle and my uncle is Charlie. And I was talking to him about the book Pearl. And he said, well, you know, I used to help your grandmother. If her sewing machine broke, I would fix it. He said, and you know, I would quilt too. He said, even to this day, if a button snaps or the hem comes out of my pants, I know how to sew it because I learned from my mother. So in honor of my Uncle Charlie, it's Charles and his G's Ben quilt. And the quilt on the cover of this book is also owned by our family. It was actually a baby quilt that was given to my brother um, when he was born. Oh, neat. Yes. And do you know who made it? You know what? Honestly, I do not know who made it. And I wish I had a way of finding out, but I do know, I can tell that it's a G's Ben quilt because of the way it's made. Yeah. And, you know, because it's older and the seams start coming out a little bit, you can see that it's the same cotton that are in the older quilt as well. Interesting. Yes. And that quilt, as well as the quilt that I got as a baby, they're all in the book as well, both books. They're either on the back cover of the books or at the beginning of the book. Neat. The red and white one is the quilt that I had. And then my brother's was like, it's a yellow and a green. It's a little faded now, but. So precious. Yes. It was important that the quilts in the book are actually quilts that our family owns. So it's not like we just arbitrarily colored in some patches and said, okay, we're going to put them in the book. As you know, these bank quilts are really, they're valuable and they're expensive. And so I wanted to share our family's quilts with anyone who wanted one in terms of putting it into the book. So you can have a piece of G's bank as well as you flip through the book. Yeah. And there was a time when they were actually making stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see the stuffed animals in the book as well. So those get in the second book also. The pictures are the same. Okay. The photos are the same, yes. Now, do you have another book in mind? 
So I still have the book that I want to do in Remember My Mom. That's one. But aside from that, I do have two other ideas that I need to get working on. I've put out some feelers. Like I said, COVID forced us all to sit down and do some of the things that we wanted to do. Now, even though we're still dealing with COVID, things are moving a lot faster than they were when we first started with COVID. <laughs> In a lot of ways, we're close to being back to normal, right? In terms of our schedules. It's a little challenging to get in everything that needs to get done. But I'm going to push myself, and that is my goal. So hopefully, you'll have me back to talk about my next projects when they're out. That would be neat. I used to hear my elders say, God willing and life sparing, I will get it done. Mm-hmm. That's a good <laughs> saying. Yeah, all the time. As I got older, I heard, and if the creek don't rise. Yeah. Heard <laughs> <laughs> Where can we find your new book? All right. So my new book, I am going to give you a link that you can share with your listeners. But the books are also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. And honestly, if you Google, there may even be places that are closer to you. Some local bookstores have links to the books as well on their website. Oh, great. Yeah, so it's Charles and his G's Ben Quilt and Coloring and Activity book. And then there's Pearl and her G's Ben Quilt. Plus, there is a Coloring and Activity book. I also have a to-do journal. Part of what happened for me during COVID was that, you know, you get up in the morning and all of a sudden the schedule that you had for years doing the same meetings at the same time every week was off. And so every morning I find myself doing a to-do list to keep myself on track. By the end of the day, I couldn't find that to-do list. Um, <laughs> I'd realized that I had written a phone number on it that I needed. I couldn't find the to-do list. And I said, you know, what would happen if I had one place where I could have all of my to-do lists every day. And so I created it. So it's a to-do journal for educators. And then there's also one for student teachers. And that's also available on Amazon. Oh, great. It's called Check, Please, a to-do list for educators. Yes. Educators love to check things off on a list. And so there are check boxes. There's a big check box. If you do everything that you were supposed to do that day, <laughs> there's smaller check boxes for the tasks that you have during the day, or you can organize it by the month. But it's really, it's flexible. It's a journal. So there are blank pages, oh. lines, and check boxes. Yes. Uh, neat. Yes. I'm sorry. I just have to tease you. Did you include gold stars? I did not, but that would have been a great idea. <laughs> Well, I remember when I was in school, the teacher used to have those little foil stars and they used to peel off that piece of paper. That would have been perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to self-publishing, though, I created that journal myself. Mm -hmm. I did it all from the beginning to the end, even with putting my picture on the back cover. I did it all myself. So, again, if there's something that you want to do, there's someone on the Internet who's willing to show you how to do it. Yeah. Well, Tangela, this was great. Is there anything else you want us to know about your books? 
Well, the main thing that I want people to know is you hear my story and you say, okay, well, her family did quilts. That's their story. But the story is bigger than that. Every family has a story. Find out what your family's story is. When I talk to schools and I, I talk to children at schools all the time, I tell them, if you don't know what your story is, go home and ask. What is your family known for? If there's a family gathering, what dish does someone in your household always have to bring? Why is it? Is that a, a recipe from years ago that someone else had? Use all those little things as clues to find out what your family's story is. Every family has a story. And if we don't start sharing our stories when we leave this earth, our stories leave with us. And so it does not benefit the next generation if they're starting all over again from scratch. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would like to leave with your listeners. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me again. I just absolutely love chatting with you. I've been so looking forward to chatting with you again. I've listened to your episodes several times and enjoy every time. Well, thank you. Okay, well, thanks so much. No, thank you. The pleasure was all mine. Mm-hmm. All right, Paul, you take care. Stay in touch. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.